Hello and welcome to an exclusive podcast brought to you by VJ Oncology. Today, we're delighted to be discussing some of the latest updates in targeted radionuclide therapy for prostate cancer. To begin, we have Jemmy Callis from the University of California providing an overview of the incorporation of radionuclide therapy into clinical practice, following the approval of the radiopharmaceutical Plivicto. Radionuclide therapy at that volume is new in the worldwide and also of course in the US. Before, you know, radionuclide therapy was uh, done in nuclear medicine for orphan disease such as neuroendocrine tumors or thyroid cancer. But here with the approval of Privicto in the metastatic prostate cancer patients, uh, you go to a whole other level of volume of patients, which brings a lot of uh, new questions that, you know, you, you put to the light nuclear medicine technique that were a little bit, you know, uh, in a, in a niche, in, an, in the shade. Uh, now, all the medical oncologists are asking how do we do that? The nurses, the hospital, and the logistics, and the volume. And so, in this review paper, we provide some guidance uh, to establish a new radio ligand therapy program in a facility uh, that goes from you know all the administration level the staffing level the training the more important thing is the communication between medical oncologists and nuclear medicine physicians uh, that, that's really the key how to involve nursing and all the new questions that comes with that that's kind of all summarized uh, in the in this paper if I have to summarize that in in a very brief sentence, I would say that there is always a learning curve when something is new. Here, it is a lot about collaborative work, multidisciplinary work um, on, you know, having the patient managed with the medical oncologists, respecting all the radiation safety precaution rule, um, feeding the specific uh, delivery and logistic schedule of uh, radiopharmaceutical um, ordering, and, and combining the imaging findings into that with the nuclear medicine physician team. So uh, it's all about that. And um, I think we'll, you know, patient will benefit from these techniques. Uh, there will be some hurdle at the beginning on all level, but just a learning curve. And uh, we will learn how to, to use these techniques at best for the patients. Jeremy Callis also took us through a multi-center study using pirzomib-PET tumor to salivary gland ratio to predict response to lutetium pirzomib therapy in patients with metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer. This is a study we, we started with uh, Dr. Hota uh, when he was uh, joining us at UCLA from Japan. This is about PSMA-targeted radionuclear therapy with lutetium PSMA therapy. The, it's a Theranostics approach, so you use an imaging scan, PSMA PET scan, to assess the amount of target expression to make sure uh, the PSMA therapy will go in a sufficient amount to the lesions. Uh, the vision criteria, vision is a trial that led to the approval of lutetium PSMA, uh, was uh, relying on the uptake of the lesion, so the amount of signal you see in the prostate cancer metastasis that reflects the amount of uh, protein PSMA target expression you have, was above the one of the liver as assessed visually. Uh, with that, there was a, a screen failure rate that was about uh, 12 to 13 percent in the vision trial. And we were wondering if we could use another organ of reference to maybe select a little bit more patients, exclude more patients to get maybe better response rates. And 
On the normal basis, in a PSMA PET scan, you have uptake a little bit in the liver, in the kidney, the digestive system, but also a lot in the salivary gland, and consistently. Usually the salivary gland uptake is about two to three-fold higher than the one of the liver. And so we try to use a score or a grading system where you, you grade the, the PSMA uptake of the lesions not based on the liver as a reference, but based on the salivary gland. We created a score with the three categories, high uptake, highly above the salivary gland, low uptake, below the, the level of the salivary gland, or intermediate, based on the PET scan MIP. So it's like a whole body image summary, and you can interpret it in, in three seconds. So very rapidly, visual assessment for um, a fast and, and wide uh, use at the end. That's what we, we aim for. And we ask 10 blind and readers, experts across the world, to use that score and reapply it into a data set of patients. We know the outcomes. They did that. And we were able to separate very nicely three different profiles of response to lutetium PSMA therapy based on the score. So ultimately, we hope that this can be, in addition to the vision criteria, be used for better patient selection to lutetium PSMA therapy. Maybe we can say absence of uh, PSMA negative lesions as per vision criteria and PSG score sufficient, no PSG score low uh, that will enable selection for lutetium PSMA therapy. Next, we have Scott Tagawa from Royal Canal Medical Centre sharing the results of a phase one trial of PSMA targeted radio nuclide therapy combining an alpha radio labelled antibody and a beta radio ligand in patients with metastatic castration resistance prostate cancer quick background that we can target PSMA um, in different ways, um, but broadly speaking, using large molecules like antibodies or small molecules called small molecules. Um, and then within the radionuclide field, in terms of therapy, we have betas and alpha emitters. Um, and each one is, is different properties. Uh, this particular study combined um, an alpha emitter that was um, transmitted via an antibody plus a beta emitter using a small molecule delivery. Um, and this is a phase one portion of a phase one, two study um, with the primary endpoint of, of safety. Um, so patients with metastatic CRPC pre-treated, um, about two thirds had prior chemo, about two thirds had at least two AR pathway inhibitors. Um, there was a, at least a minimum requirement for PSMA positivity on a scan. So at least one lesion had to have uptake greater than liver. Um, nothing else was specified. Uh, and then they got a dose of that combination, Actinium J5-1, um, immediately followed by lutetium PSMA INT. Um, and then they were allowed to have a second uh, cycle of the same combination at eight weeks. Uh, the, the fixed, uh, there was a fixed dose of uh, lutetium PSMA INT, the same kind of dosing schedule that's being used in the phase three splash study, um, and three different cohorts of escalating radioactivity of actinium with actinium G5.1. Um, the bottom line is that there were two dose-limiting toxicities, uh, a, a patient with grade two thrombocytopenia and a patient with grade three th thrombocytopenia that uh, didn't recover enough to get the second dose on time. Um, besides that, uh, it was generally grade one across the board. So um, thrombocytopenia was also generally grade one, about half. 
um, of the overall cohort uh, with a couple of patients had grade two and grade three. Their stomia was about three, uh, I'm sorry, two thirds of the patients um, uh, grade one and then some various other um, adverse events. Uh, out of the 18 patients, 94% had a PSA decline after treatment and 61% of them had at least a 50% uh, PSA decline. Uh, radiographic responses on the poster, there's a complete response in the liver, for instance, and circling tumor cell count uh, via the cell search uh, methodology um, control decline um, in, with five out of seven um, transitioning from unfavorable to, to favorable. So the conclusion is that that combination is feasible and tolerable. Um, the plan is to move on into phase two um, during phase one, Point Biopharma was providing lutetium um, PSMA INT. Uh, now that they're linked with Lanthius, that's no longer happening, so we are getting an IND and we'll just label it ourselves uh, with the plan for phase two once we get that. Scott Tagawa additionally discusses the PSMA addition trial, which aims to evaluate the effectiveness and safety of lutetium PSMA 617 in combination with standard of care in adults with metastatic hormone-sensitive prostate cancer. The PSMA addition trial is a trial in patients with metastatic non-castrate prostate cancer. It's also called hormone-sensitive or castration-sensitive, different terminologies. Um, so metastatic by kind of old-fashioned conventional imaging, CT, MRI, or bone scan showing metastatic disease. Um, and the random is, and that being said, there also is a PSMA PET that has to be positive, essentially by the same criteria that was used in vision. Um, and the patients are randomized to um, ADT plus an AR pathway inhibitor or ADT plus an AR pathway inhibitor plus lutetium PSMA 617. Um, the primary endpoint is radiographic progression-free survival. Those that are randomized to the doublet, ADT and AR pathway inhibitor at confirmed radiographic progression can cross over and get uh, lutetium PSMA 617, um, arguably early versus standard, depending on what um, you're kind of going with. Um, with secondary endpoints of overall survival, response rates, patient report outcomes, et cetera. Um, so that trial has been active um, for a while. It's actually now winding down. Some of the updates on, on this particular trial in progress poster, because there have been previous versions, um, include the um, Asian expansion in, into China uh, specifically. Um, and you know we'll, we'll see what happens with that trial. I, I anticipate it's gonna uh, wind up enrollment um, soon, and then uh, we'll just wait for the results. Finally, Shaheen Sandhu from the Peter McCallum Cancer Centre shares an overview of the Phase 1 LUPARP study, which tested a fixed dose of lutetium PSMA 617 alongside nine different doses of Olaparib for metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer. So this study was designed to combine two agents that are already in the clinic. Lutetium PSMA 617 is a radionucleotide therapy that's directed against prostate-specific membrane antigen, which is ubiquitously expressed on prostate cancer. And we already know that lutetium PSMA certainly results in improvement in progression-free survival and overall survival. However, patients do progress on this therapy. There is good data, both preclinical and also clinical, to suggest that PARP inhibitors that are 
implicated in repairing some of the DNA damage that is induced by radiation can be used in conjunction with radiation to improve the efficacy of radiation. So we set out our hypothesis was that the combination of a PARP inhibitor could enhance the anti-cancer activity of lutetium PSNA and so therefore result in deeper responses and hopefully that then translates into more durable disease control for patients. So the primary objective was really to define a good dose that was safe um, that we thought that we could take forward in subsequent studies. So that was the main uh, aim of the study to develop the recommended phase two dose for the combination and to evaluate the safety and also to give you give us a sense of the efficacy or the activity of the agents um, as a combination. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BG Oncology to join in the conversation and make sure to check out bgoncology.com for all about exclusive coverage on prostate cancer. Mm-hmm.